You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now... We're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, and PicksWise lead betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in here. We got ball. We got ball. Not only do we have college ball, not only do we have bowl games, we got NFL ball, a triple header. We'll sprinkle a little sprinkling of some NFL action throughout the show today. Very much looking forward to it. How are you, gents? How are you, gents, huh, with uh, the bowl season kicking off here in grand style? Oh, I'm loving it. I think that um, one, of the, one of the best parts about bowl season is there are occasions where, you know, you're operating in your midweek, whatever it is, right? You know, you're getting out to work or you're coming home from work or, you know, you're starting your night out or you're going out for dinner with friends or your family and all of a sudden, football's on the screen. You're like, what day is today? And you're like, oh, yeah. This is, you know, the Get Right Bahamas Bowl, you know, or whatever. It's it's actually kind of fun because you could be surprised by football occasionally because, you know, you get wrapped up in your own life. You forget what date or day it is, and you're just like, oh, boom, college football. Let's watch this for a little bit. The shaved clavicle.com bowl. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's that's where it's gonna be the title sponsor for Rich. You're gonna get there on in the in the in Hawaii and what is it next week? When do you guys leave? Pretty soon, right? Yeah, I'm leaving on Tuesday. I'm calling the Hawaii Bowl for uh, San Diego State, Middle Tennessee State. That's awesome out there. Yeah, so that's gonna be a Christmas Eve kickoff. So we're gonna spend a couple of days on the islands beforehand. That's By the so way, cool. are are they just kind of dating with the state? I hear Middle Tennessee, then it's MTSU, then it's yeah. back to Middle Tennessee. What's going on with that over there? I, I've read it a million times every which way. I can't wait. That's such a funny question you asked because I've been asking everybody uh, <laughs> the same question. I need to like like put their like like uh, athletic director in a headlock when I get to Y and be like, "What is it? Tell me." You know, like <laughs> I need to be in the room for that. Can I? Can I? Can you just like put us on Skype? For, yeah, yeah. Like, for yeah I'll Facetime it so I can be like, "Here's proof, guys. I got them." You ever see the gender reveal parties where it's like a, a pro wrestling theme and it's the guy wearing blue, the guy wearing pink? I, that's what I feel with MTSU that's and Middle Tennessee. They're incredible. just battling themselves. Okay, everything that I like, all the promotional material I've seen keeps saying just Middle Tennessee. So I maybe they've officially made the change. Like, like maybe this is one of those split ups where all of a sudden, you know, the 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 gentleman or the lady, you know, they go back to their normal name, and you're just like, oh, okay, so you're no longer uh, Mr. Anderson or Mr. Anderson hyphen, you know, whatever. You know, like that's that's what this feels like. They dropped the state. They dropped it. So yeah. fun fact, remember uh, Isaac played that clip of the FAU baseball, uh, me screaming into the microphone. That game actually took place at Middle Tennessee State University. Wow. wow. Full circle, wow. right? We, we go full circle here. Right back a- around. 
Full circle moment, absolutely. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I spent the whole week there for the Sunbelt tournament. It was uh it's a fun place. Went to a couple little dive bars, country music, love the vibe there in Murfreesboro. Bowl week vibes fantastic. It, it's oh, a yeah. completely different handicap than than anything I, I do during the regular season. Like there's not as much analytics. You won't hear me spew out EPA per play and success rate and, and those things as much as you will. Um, unless we're talking about the NFL, then you'll hear plenty of that. But the the bowl season handicaps are just completely different. It's now, I don't, who's up I, for the game. I don't know about the uh, Florida Gators, the opt-outs, if they're mm. just hanging out in Murfreesboro today. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on over here, but we got Florida at Oregon State. Well, I should say versus Florida State. In the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, I kind of make it a point to put the sponsor in there because I think it's more fun that way. You know, the SRS Distribution. I don't know if you guys have ever used that service. I, it's news to me right here. Hopefully, we'll see a couple of commercials. What the heck it is today? (laughs) But Florida take it on Oregon State. No Anthony Richardson. The star quarterback might be a first-round pick. He's opted out. Osiris Torrance, he's opted out. He's an All-American guard. He might be a first-round pick as well. A lot of other Florida Gators not playing in this bowl game against Oregon State. Meanwhile, Oregon State going for a double-digit win season here under Jonathan Smith. So shout-out to them. Had a huge win against Oregon. And they're double-digit point favorites in this one here. Yeah, yeah, Florida, their quarterback's going to be a guy by the name of Jack Miller III who got reps with the first team in practice. Uh, this is really, I mean, he he hasn't seen the field much with the first team. It, you know, he has to get his timing down with his receivers. He needs to get, you know, rhythm with this entire offense. Um, he sat out uh, this season until late October, actually, with a broken Thumb he suffered in the second week of training camp. So this guy even entered the season injured. But he was a huge prep star coming out of uh, Scottsdale, out of high school. And uh, he'll get an opportunity. We'll see if he's capable of winning the starting job. That's the important thing to concentrate on about bowl season is because with opt-outs, you know, teams that have talented quarterbacks or other positions, running back, et cetera, or, or with um, the transfer portal because certain guys get gone before their team hits the destination for their bowl game, uh, you have opportunities for younger players to win jobs based on the film that they're able to put up uh, in very short notice. And if you can perform under those circumstances, it gives you a leg up for the spring. You know, then everybody goes back to their homes for a little bit. And then when the school year starts, again, the spring semester starts and everybody shows up on campus and you're doing some winter conditioning leading into the spring, you may win a job during a bowl game. That may be all it takes. Yeah, it's huge. And I think the extra practice time, the the that's why I've always been a fa- in favor of more bowl games. You know, taking the, those practice times away from these kids, I think, is, is a mistake. So I, I, I think it, that's a... That's a privilege at this stage of the season if you played well enough to continue to play, and the coaches also love it. There's This is a very interesting game from a line movement perspective, and I'm yeah. glad we're starting here because over the last two seasons, the transfer portal has become more prominent, and we've seen more of these just violent swings in the market before the games. When a team gets three points or more of line movement in their favor, they are 79% against the spread over the last two years, 19-5-1. So 
it's funny because yesterday UTSA kind of bucked that trend that you know they were a dog flipped to a favorite, <laughs> turned it over five times, but certainly could have won the game but didn't. So that trend not off to a, a flying start here, but that's what we have in this game because it opened five. And it, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised to see some Florida buyback in the market over the last 24 to 48 hours. We're down to eight now, eight and a half. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of hovering in that, you know, three, three and a half range. We'll see if it gets back up to double digits before game time. It's a relatively meh, afternoon game, uh, just under 11 o'clock, 15, 11, 15 here on the West Coast. But I, I think I think Florida's going to come out and play well. And I, I, I think we'll see what we get from Jack Miller, but I, I trust – I certainly trust Billy Napier to scheme something up for him. I mean, they didn't just pick this kid up off the street. He's a four-star recruit, Ohio State transfer, been in the Ohio State ranks for a couple years, wasn't getting any reps there, obviously. I mean, look at the guys in front of him. And now he's now he's at Florida, and he's playing for a really good offensive-minded head coach in Billy Napier. We'll see what Oregon State has offensively. It's going to be a lot of ground and pound. They're about a 60% run-heavy offense. And Florida doesn't like to stop the run. They were brutal against the run all year, and they've got some attrition. They've got six guys in the portal. We know about Anthony Richardson, but besides him, there's a bunch of other transfers, including some starters on the defensive line. So this game kind of sets up well for Oregon State to move it on the ground. And I think Florida's going to be very aggressive offensively. And here's the question I'll ask you guys. A lot of opt-outs, a lot of transfers for Florida. But how many backups on this Florida team would be starters on Oregon State? That's the question you have to ask yourself before you're seeing this violent line move towards the Beavers. Maybe there's some really good players on Florida's back line, their second string, that are probably going to be starters on Oregon State at some point. Yeah, Well, it's a a legitimate question. question. Yeah, Yeah. it's a totally fair question. I also think the counter-argument to that is the brand name. I swear some people are just betting on Florida because of the bl- the brand name recognition. How many people would buy back on Oregon State if Oregon State had some first-round talent opt out? And you're like, I'm going to go with the Beavs anyway, plus 10? Yeah, when <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like The brand recognition of Florida, I think, is factoring in to the line movement here. How about another one, the Wasabi uh, <laughs> Fenway Bowl? I love the wasabi you know that never (laughs) dies but scott satterfield he leaves louisville to be the head coach of cincinnati that's who this matchup is featuring it's cincinnati against louisville and the other coach in this game we get Dion branch remember the old new england patriots wide receiver was a super bowl mvp a former teammate of yours rich he'll be coaching louisville today against cincinnati because uh, Scott Satterfield, he will now be taking over for Luke Fickle, who left Cincinnati. It's crazy coaching movement in this one. Yeah, and a couple of players to watch in this one, both running backs um, playing for their teams respectively. You got uh, Jahar Johnson, uh, Jordan excuse me, out of Louisville. I wouldn't consider him electric out of Louis, Louis, Louisville's backfield, but he's certainly – the driving force for the Cardinals late this season. You know, he's he's leading them in rushing yards. He's kind of like, you know, they're going to they're going to pump the run. Like that's that's part of what Louisville wants to get to in their games, especially late this season. They've leaned on Jordan. He's been successful for them. And then you got senior running back Charles McClellan out of Cincinnati who's going to be given every single chance to do uh, damage in this game against that Louisville defense. Um, if, um, if, if this game's going to 
be decided in the first quarter, say. It's going to be because one team is establishing the run and the other team just can't stop it. That's what I feel like. If you're watching this football game and it looks like, oh, Cincinnati is really pounding the football down Louisville's neck, unless they are able to make a halftime adjustment, it's going to feel like a slow-moving fog that's just overtaking the Cardinal defense or vice versa because Louisville has been capable of doing that themselves. Yeah, Cardinals open as the favorite. Um, still the favorite, not a very significant one. Total is silly low, 38 and a half. Yeah, what is this, been, weather, Jared? Bad well, weather? Boston in December, right? Not exactly it, balmy right now in yeah, Boston? It's, I mean, so this has to be, and I've listened to several, you know, there's a few really sharp professional gamblers that do podcasts now, and, and you know, they put their stuff out there, and one of them about this game said, I don't think there's ever been a, a scenario like this. And I think he's like 35, 40 years professional handicapper. I mean, how can you, how can you handicap? And that's a big part of this. And I've, been, I've asked a bunch of pros this week and over the last couple of years about this. How do you quantify motivation? <laughs> and one really sharp guy is kind of in the, in the vein of it's about worth two points, maybe three. Hmm. And that's where we're kind of at here. Louisville, to me, is going to be the more motivated side, I think. If, if I'm a player on Louisville's roster, I want to stick it to Scott Satterfield today. Like, like that's kind of how I feel about this game. And I'm surprised that we haven't seen it move towards the three a little more aggressively. And I, I think there might be a little value on Louisville here. But, I, man... Cincinnati's got some dudes that can play. They're, they're a little down this year than they were last year, but this is a team last year that you know was a top-four team. So I, 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 think, I think Louisville is going to be the more motivated side, but I, I don't know that for sure. And the low total means this is the game's in Boston at Fenway Park, like the weird environment at 11 a.m. Like it's, there's so many weird variables here to try to quantify, but I think I'm pretty certain that Louisville will be the more motivated side. That's just I, my hunch. I just like the standard point system where it's like star wide receiver, maybe a point. Yeah. You know, right. motivation, <laughs> two points. <laughs> you know, star quarterback, <laughs> eh, we're talking maybe four. Well, the way they framed here. it was interesting, and I'm curious what Rich's thoughts here. If you're yeah. practicing for this year or if you're practicing for the game, like next, right. if you're practicing for next season or you're practicing for this game, like well, I think Louisville cares a lot about this game. Just a hunch. It's a great point because there are certain coaches who look at bowl games regardless of the bowl they're playing in outside of, say, you know, one of the New Year's Six or yeah. if you make the playoffs as just warm up for next season. Like, hey, you know, at some point we're going to test the depth of our roster regardless of how close a game we're looking at. We're Like, you know, it's, it's, it's odd, but there are certain coaches out there, and I've spoken to some of them who really don't care about their bowl record. They just want to make a bowl game. So, like you said, Jared, they have that huge ramp up to the bowl game to sneak in extra practices. And then in the bowl itself, get as many players who didn't see the field as much who they're going to be relying on next season to get some experience in-game this way if they're going to be presumed starters or if they need to kind of grab their attention and be like, hey, you're next on deck and these are the expectations on game day. Yeah, you're completely right. Motivation during a ball game from the coaching staff could be completely different than during the regular season, which is confusing to handicap for Vegas. I'm sure it's infuriating. 
Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love. Whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature, and new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. We are off and running. We've got Rich Ornberger, the Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com, lead betting analyst. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, two tickets to the paradise of your choice. That is on the way. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Ah, yes, it is. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Listen, our guy, Rich Ornberger, is a visionary, okay? He's an artiste, and he comes up, from, uh, comes up with topics from time to time, and he's come up with a gem over here. We're calling this Going Bowling. We're using everybody. The five-man weave. Not only the three of us the on the show. five-man weave. Actually, let's get the six-man weave going here. We got Ilo. We got Iowa Sam. We've yeah. got Ryan Bershinger. Let's get the whole crew in here. Simple concept. The bowl game you most want to attend in person, and what is the reasoning behind that? We'll start with you, Rich. Where do you want to go? Since this is your brainchild, where would you most want to go this bowl season? Well, look, I played in four bowl games when I was at Penn State, and it was the the uh, the Orange Bowl and the Alamo Bowl and the Outback Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Like you know, I got I got a nice little smattering, a sampler platter, if you will, while I was in college of different regions of this here United States. Um, my favorite by far was the Orange Bowl because we we're in. You know, somewhat tropical destination, certainly a traveling destination for a lot of people, Miami, during that time of the year. And, uh, I, dude, I remember, like, we were all baffled. We're, like, down at the beach. Just everybody has an awful farmer's tan, just, like, bright white skin <laughs> and these dark arms because of the football season. And we're just on the beach. I remember we were sharing a hotel down there right on the beach in Miami with um uh the rumor went around like there's a swedish model staying at our hotel right and we're like oh my goodness so you're looking for like a tall blonde lady right and so we're down at the beach one day and there she is she shows up i'm like 18 19 years old she goes and lays on a lounge chair removes her top right on the beach and i'm just thinking oh how very european of her and we're just like you see the entirety of the football team on one side and you, I, if you saw this from like a hundred feet back, you'd be like, "What are all those football players looking at?" Oh, that's it. Okay, got yes! it. Yes, <laughs> it was, yes, it was a beautiful location. It was an incredible time, and I just think bowl season. You want to go somewhere warm where there's a beach? <laughs> I would go to the Bahamas Bowl, guys. I would, I would make it a – I would go see Miami of Ohio take on those UAB Blazers. And I know the game's already passed, but just for the destination. I still might go to the Bahamas just to go. So another fun fact. I, we're, we're all full of fun facts here today. I was at two of those games that Rich played in bowl games. I was at the Orange Bowl. Oh, nice. I was at the Outback Bowl. Yeah. Um, two Penn State wins, may I add. So 
there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, I'm 2-0 attending Penn State bowl games. But I think – I hate to say this. I think this would be a really easy decision. Send me out to Hawaii. Um, I, I, I don't think there's really a debate here for me. I, Rose Bowl is probably second on the list for nostalgic reasons. I've been to L.A. I've been to that area. Not Pasadena per se, but in that vicinity of the country. And I think if I, ha- like if I had to do a Mount Rushmore, I think Hawaii would be one. I think Rose Bowl two. I think maybe the Potato Bowl three because I've never been to Boise before. And I've heard Boise's wow. beautiful. Um, yeah, I grew up in the <laughs> East Coast, in the Southeast, and the, you know Northeast. So it's not uh, you know those games, the, the the Pinstripe Bowl and the Fenway Bowl, and uh-huh. anything in Florida doesn't really interest me that much because I've been to that part of the country. And I'll, I'll give you one more actually that I would love to see for just the sake of seeing this part of the the world. Um, the New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque. I've heard New Mexico is gorgeous, and I, I know I'm like, I'm planning like my vacations right now instead of talking about football. But <laughs> but I, I do I do think those those are the four just for the sake of the parts of the country that I've never traveled to before, and then of course just the granddaddy of them all. How can I not put the Rose Bowl on the list, right? I want to go to the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl for a simple nice. reason, so I can actually watch the freaking game okay (laughs) i'm speaking for everybody in the eastern time zone who might miss half of this game because you're going out during new year's eve you know like if anybody hits me up and is like hey man did you see cj stroud throw that touchdown to marvin harrison jr no that what was that the second quarter that was coat check i was getting my coat checked while i was going out for new year's eve when that happened i'm gonna be a wreck when this wow. rolls around, so yes, fired up. He was fired up about this on the podcast this I week know. too. Gosh, this is a this is a this is a touchy subject for him. He's been amped up about this for yeah. weeks now. Yes, totally amped up. All right, let's throw it to Iowa Sam. He is a, a huge lover of college football. I'm curious where our technical producer would like to go. Where would you like to go, Iowa? Send me to Annapolis, Maryland, for the. Military Bowl presented by Paraton. Where we That's have, an interesting choice. We have two teams who are not military academies. We have UCF and Duke. <laughs> Duke, uh, they are carrying the torch from David Cutcliffe's years. Uh, Mike Elko taking over, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're 8-4. and four. That's amazing. So send me to the Military Bowl in Annapolis, Maryland in late December. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Annapolis is cool. I've been to Annapolis a couple times. It's really nice town. Yeah, Let's go to our producer here, uh, Ryan Bershinger. Bersh, where would you like to go, buddy? I do think it's pretty cool when uh, when football games are held in not football stadiums. So uh, give me, yeah, the Fenway Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, uh, yeah. the Holiday Bowl uh, at Petco. Uh, Petco's a, oh, a yeah. beautiful stadium and uh, great atmosphere there. So uh, And I, uh, Chase Field has the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. That's uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I find those fun, so uh, give me those. Isn't the okay. Gasparilla Bowl, didn't they used to get played at the Trop? Might have been, yeah. There was right, a game at yeah. the Trop, I think, for a few years. I'm going to be calling the Holiday Bowl on the radio this year as well. And nice. uh, last year I was going to do it. It was going to be the first year it was held at Petco. UCLA, I'm driving to Petco Park. UCLA decides they don't want to play in the game like yeah. three hours before the game. And so I get a phone call, and I'm just like, yeah, what's going on? And my my play-by-play broadcaster goes, yeah, the game's off. I was like, ha, 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 when are you going to get here? And he goes, no, I'm serious. He's like, the Bruins what? are halfway what? up the I-5. The game is off. And so, yeah, that 
They wow. pulled out for COVID reasons, and uh, the rest is history. But this will be the first ever Holiday Bowl played. That's cool. In a baseball park. Interesting. Good stuff. Let's get Ilo in here. Isaac Lowenkron, where would you most want to go bowl season? Two tickets. Where is your paradise? This is strictly for personal reasons, but it's always going to be the Rose Bowl. And the number one reason, my wife and I actually had our first kiss inside the Rose Look Bowl. Look at Ilo. Yeah. Wow. Not at a game or a concert, but out of all things, a carnival. So because of personal reasons, it will always be the Rose Bowl. And by the way, we have breaking Rich Ornberger news as part of my, you know, Rich was mentioning the bowl games he played in, so I tried to look him up by Googling to see which years he played in those particular bowl games. So I Google Rich, and according to the internet and Wikipedia, Rich, I'm not making this up, your primary occupation is, quote, sports news satirist unquote i swear to god I'd, i've never heard that term before sports news satirist is yeah. apparently your primary occupation I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but you know wow yeah sure I, <laughs> i've never heard the term sports news satirist before and, and i'll tell you right now as soon as i know what that is I'm going to uh, I'm going to embrace it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't think it's like a negative thing. Wikipedia yeah. page really right. fast. Hold on, uh, Isaac. I'll, I'll change it for you. I mean, There's you know how people. Funny. You know how on on certain Wikipedia pages, people yeah. hack them and say so and so is is uh, the the you know Aaron Rodgers is the daddy of the uh, Chicago Bears. Oh, or the yeah, Chicago yeah. Bears are owned by Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's the same news. thing. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a regular Bill Shakespeare went in there and. Uh, and, and <laughs> And changed mine. That's ridiculous. Beautiful. I love that. Hey, coming up next, I love this. You know, as far as I'm opposed to uh, playoff games on New Year's Eve, I am the counter for this. But first, we've got Isaac Lowenkron with a hard-hitting, informative sports update. Yeah, the hard-hitting stuff is going to be delayed by 30 seconds. Rich, did you just drop a... Matt Foley motivational speaker, Bill Shakespeare. Hey, Dad, is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Oh, that's you awesome. Be a <laughs> Great I'm, pull. I'm one of the biggest Farley fans you'll oh, ever meet. Oh, he was the best. So 25 years he's been dead. That's, uh, that's oh, crazy. I wonder what he would have been doing, how he would have been doing if he was still around. And living in a van <laughs> down by the river. Iowa Sam, good, quick That's trigger there. That's one of the there. great bits of all time. <laughs> the thing about the thing about him crashing through the table, you can tell that all the cast did not know that he was going to crash through the table. He surprised everybody by doing that. You can tell it was Christina Applegate, one of the people, right? Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, she was the br- yeah. brother. The brother and, and sister was Spade David Spade. And David Spade, yeah. yeah. The brother, yeah. yeah. And the late Phil Hartman, too. Classic. Uh, <laughs> we had Matt locked in the basement for several <laughs> hours drinking pots of coffee, so he's ready to talk to you, too. <laughs> Phil Hartman playing the straight man, like the dad. Oh. Like, it was so good. So funny. Anyway, back to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start. I mean, we, we can't improve upon a Matt Foley motivational speaker. Anyway, today's NFL triple header kicking off at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's the Vikings hosting the Colts. Minnesota can clinch the NFC North with a victory or a tie. 
At 10 a.m. Eastern, it'll be the third place game at the World Cup between Croatia and Morocco. And talking about college football bowls, today's college football bowl schedule kicks off at 11 a.m. Eastern. Cincinnati and Louisville in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. And people out there, as you guys are talking about, might be wondering why in the world the college football bowl game is being sponsored by the spicy green paste that you have with your sushi. And the answer is it's not. In this case, Wasabi is actually a data storage company. Never would have guessed that. I I never would have guessed that either. Not in a million years. You could have given me 100 guesses. That would have never been one. Because I'm like, well, Wasabi, Wasabi, Fenway, what's the deal here? But, yeah, data storage company. Anyway, in the NBA on Friday night, the Los Angeles Lakers defeated Denver 126-108. to Anthony Davis did not play in the second half because of a right foot injury. LeBron James scored 30. Russell Westbrook had a triple-double. Kyrie Irving at the game-winning three at the buzzer, giving Brooklyn a 119-116 victory at Toronto. And the Knicks won at Chicago by 23, 114-91. They're on a six-game winning streak. They had 17 three-pointers, six of them by Jalen Brunson. Fellas, back to you. Thank you, Ilo. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. So a story here, a little bit of a curveball, and the fact that it's a curveball is very revealing, very telling. So Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, and also Will Anderson Jr., Alabama's all-everything defensive player, they both have opted in. We've got opt-ins. They are going to be high first-round picks. And they will be playing in the All-State Sugar Bowl against Kansas State. I absolutely love this. And look, I get it. There are business decisions. Some of these guys stand to earn millions of dollars. They don't want to take a chance getting hurt. Fine. I I get all of that. But, man, I take my hat off to a couple of guys who are going to be top five picks most likely in Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. And I'll tell you what, it drives me crazy when I hear not just counter-arguments, but just People being baffled. Why would you play? Why would you play? Why would you play? Are you serious? You love the game. You love your teammates. You love your school. This is the last time you're going to play college ball. So if it's okay, if we're like, hey, if you want to opt out, it's cool. I don't want to hear this. Why would you play? If they want to play, it's all good. If they want to take that risk, who are you to say, why are you taking this risk? That drives me crazy. Hats off to Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. I absolutely love that they will be playing. Yeah, I I I appreciate the fact that they love football and that they uh, they definitely are doing it for reasons that are beyond money or they're not using sort of the uh, calculus to figure out exactly what the risk is playing in the game versus not in terms of their futures. But look, there's no question that if either one of these two suffers a severe injury, it's going to seriously affect the amount of money that they could make in this year's draft in terms of their signing bonus, but also could derail their careers. We've seen this before. So they're onboarding a, a, a pretty good amount of risk for something that would not shake any NFL team's confidence in them if they decided not to play. You know what I mean? Like if, if Bryce Young or Will Anderson decided to opt out of this bowl game, no, also, like, kind of like, you know, almost contrary to how it used to be, everybody would be like, oh, well, we expected that. You know, it used to be kind of taboo for this to happen. Like, a player opting out? Are you kidding me? Turning his back on his team? What does that say about his commitment? How will an F- NFL team view him? Well, this is so much a part 
of the conversation around college football now that I don't think there's as much pearl clutching. In fact, to the point where when you said it, you actually used the words opting in. They're not. They're just playing football. They're, I mean, this is, this is the next game on their schedule. Like, this is what players were expected to do uh, for years and years and years. Is it, is it a smart football decision? Well, yeah, I, mean, I can't tell you it isn't. They love their teammates. They want to win a game over Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Go, go get them, kids. Like, go have fun. Is it a smart business decision? No, it, it's not. You can't convince me it is. You're, you're, you're taking on risk for almost no gain because these guys are going to be considered two of the most highly touted players, and unless they play like the game of their life in the Sugar Bowl, then they're they're I mean they're they're not going to improve their draft stock much in one single appearance in a bowl game. So yeah, they're, they're this is a catch twenty two for me. Rich is living up to his satirist um, designation with the mm-hmm. pearl clutching cliche. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just that's, I love that I love that phrase. I absolutely do. Um, I got this one wrong. A lot of people did. I had, did not think in a million years that that Bryce and Will both would play. And maybe it's a maybe because Alabama had such a weird season that they want to play. Like, I, I don't know the thinking behind it. I can't get inside of his head. Maybe he'll come out after the game and say why um, and give you a more thought, you know, heartfelt response about it. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's he got convinced peer pressure. I mean, they're kids, right? I, I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting decision. It's probably – the most unique decision that I've seen in terms of the highest profile player, one of the highest profile players in the country, um, trend setting, perhaps. I mean, these are two guys that are, you know, were Heisman potentials preseason. And I, I think there's, there's a lot of intriguing conversations around this decision. And the good news is we've got, what, two more weeks to talk about it and, and break it down, and maybe we'll get a Bryce Young media session and, and a Will Anderson media session where they'll have to talk at some point about it. I'm curious their, their line of thinking, and I'm curious why and if it's just for the team or if it's personal. Like maybe they felt they didn't play well this year and they don't want to end on you know the way that it ended. They want to go out with a bang. And I, I get it. I, I never I never get upset or, you know, get, you know, in my, you know, uh, I guess just upset if people opt out. I, I think it's a, it's a business decision. It totally is. But the opt-ins are unique. If they, they, they happen so frequently or infrequently these days that I'm curious. It's like I want to study your brain. Like why did you – like what's your line of thinking here? So um, tough for anyone who bet Kansas State thinking that they weren't going to play. That's <laughs> – yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the other side of it that I feel bad about, right? But yeah. The, yeah, that, no that, that's why you don't bet these games until yeah. you know you have some more information to go on. I just think that look, I understand that there's risk. I totally understand someone saying this doesn't make business sense. It just drives me crazy when the risk is completely overstated. Yeah. This is a football yeah. game. Could an injury happen? Sure. Let's not act like Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. by playing this game, they're juggling knives and dynamite 
and piranhas at the same time. And it's like, you are risking not only your football future, but your life by going out there on a football family. Yeah. I risk my life every time I walk into a Vegas casino and do something. Like, you know, anytime I walk across the street. But that's not going to stop me from walking across the street. Like, a bus could just drive, you know, run me over. But I'm going to stop living my life, right? Well, and the other part of it is it's just funny because there's this – Man, why are you playing? Why are you taking this risk? Let's take it to the extreme. Like, you could have said this weeks ago. After Alabama lost to LSU, what if Bryce Young said, well, we're not going to be in national championship contention, or I'm not going to play the rest of the season, and he missed a couple of regular season games. He skipped yeah. against Ole Miss. What if the last game of the regular season against Auburn? right? Like The Iron Bowl, he's like, nah, I'm going to opt out of this. Like, these people that are like, he's taking a risk. Well, you could take it beyond the bowl game. That's taking it to an extreme, though, right? Because if then you start to question his, his, his love of football, if he starts Well, it's the same, it's the same progression. That's where we once were with bowl games. Yep. Yeah. So you have just one person set a new trend. But it's just funny. The people are saying, why are you playing? That's not a smart business move. If you say, well, then why not sit out against Auburn? Oh, no, it's way different. No, it's not that much different. It's it not. isn't at all. And, and it's a great point that you raise. Yeah. And, and trust me, those days are coming too. Like, like the same way the line has been moved where it's now acceptable for first-round prospects to sit out of bowl games. We're going to see that eventually, especially if like a player isn't getting the sort of NIL money that they feel they deserve. Uh, we're going to start seeing players potentially sit out the end of the regular season, and it's it's coming. I mean, the line only only moves, right? You know, it never stays the same place, and so that's my expectation. Unless bowl expansion and and more of these top teams getting opportunity to win for a national championship leads to more first round prospects or high round prospects staying on the field. All right, we got Rich Orenberger, Penn State All American. We've got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian. No. Coming up next, you can make picks, you can make exotic picks, or you could get freaking crazy and make exotic hybrid picks. That's right. We'll have details for you right around the corner. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? along with my fellow pro bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? Uh, it is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. No time to waste. Let's dive into this. Check this out. Parlay Platter. Our Parlay Platter is brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, 
both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the king of parlays. All right, Mr. Jared Smith, it's oh time boy. to roll out <clears throat> your parlay platter of the exotic variety I hear today. Yeah, let's have a little fun today. So last week we didn't do one. Um, two weeks ago when we went super chalky, like my Tums and Pepto-Bismol, we won. It was our first parlay win of the year, and we put a, a big hefty number on it too. So in this, uh, it, you know, not a lot of underdogs that I like today. Um, Florida almost made the list, but instead we'll put the over uh, in this Florida-Oregon State game on there. I, again, I, I trust Billy Napier to have a good scheme. He's had a couple of weeks now with, with Jack Miller and, and trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. And he's, again, not some kid off the street, four-star kid, transfer from Ohio State, has talent. Um, and we'll see what Billy schemes up for him. And I think uh, Oregon State's going to be able to move the ball in this game as well, running it. So I can see both teams kind of playing a little loosey-goosey. So we'll put the over 52.5 in there. And then let's go prop heavy with some NFL today. J.K. Dobbins looked fantastic in his return last week. He's going to get more than 15 carries today, and this Browns defense is no bueno. So we'll put J.K. Dobbins over 48.5 rushing yards in there. And I don't know if you guys saw what's going on in Buffalo right now, but it is like a snow globe. It's always a snow globe there, but particularly today. So I'll take the Jalen Waddle receiving yards under at 56.5 and, and throw it in there. Um because I just you know, he's been banged up too, has looked a little inaccurate, and I, I think Waddle's going to struggle today. So Waddle under fifty six and a half receiving yards, Dobbins over forty eight and a half rush yards, Gators, Beavers over fifty two and a half. It's about five and a half to one. Fifty bones wins you two eighty four. So not bad. Nice parlay platter right yeah, there. All right, coming fun. up next, the disrespect for this team continues, but is it deserved? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. We're not just counting down to college ball today. We're counting down to NFL action. 1 p.m. Eastern time, just three hours from now. We'll have ball here. How about the Colts against the Vikings today? Now, I did mention the disrespect for one team continues. That would be for the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is 10-3 and on the season, and they are small, three-and-a-half-point home favorites against just a decrepit Colts team. The Colts are 4-8-1, and and the Vikings, fresh off a whooping last week against the Lions— they are only three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. And listen, guys, styles make fights here. If you look at the Vikings, they don't have a good pass defense at all. They're near the bottom of the league. Is Matt Ryan, are the Colts going to make them pay through the air today? I don't know that the Vikings' pass defense is that bad, yet they're only favored by three in the hook today. Yeah, I don't get this line, um, and I don't really understand the disrespect for the Vikings. Now, don't get me wrong, they haven't been perfect on the season, but they've been so much better than they have been, and the Colts have been so much worse than we thought they were going to be. So this, to me, is way more disrespectful, being you know, the slim favorites at home than being underdogs um, on the road in Detroit. Like that, that was unexpected, but, well... It made more sense. Let's put it that way. And we saw the outcome. This, to me, I I can't really envision a world where the Vikings don't beat the Colts by 
a touchdown or more. Yeah. I, I, I just think they're going to outclass them in every single way. They got a brand-new head coach who doesn't really appear to have – you know, a full idea of what that is or means at the NFL level. And that's not his fault. He's a rookie. He's brand new at it. And he got parachuted in midseason. And Matt Ryan has not looked like Matt Ryan of of yesteryear. He, he looks like he's the quintessential quarterback kind of falling off the ledge at the end of his career. And we've seen his best games already. I, I don't get this line. I would be all over the Vikings side. I bet the under in this game, which I'm sure might confuse some people because it probably goes against what you might think, but I, I cap this game as a little more of a slow plotter and kind of what we saw with Philly and Indy a few weeks ago, which was Indy kind of knew that you're not going toe-for-toe toe with the Eagles offense, so let's give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Let's try to control time of possession. They lost the game, but they finished about even with time of possession. And they had a bunch of drives. They had one drive that was like eight plays for 23 yards. They missed the field goal. Like th That's kind of the vibe I get from Indy's offense here. They're going to have their moments. Matt Ryan against the secondary, although I think Cam Dancer's back today. That should help. Harrison Smith back today. That should help. Those guys did not play last week against the Lions. Um, I, I kind of see that being the vibe for Indy on offense. For Minnesota, they're going to get theirs in this game. The Justin Jefferson-Stephon Gilmore matchup, I think, is fascinating. I think Gilmore will be up for that, and I think he'll have more success than Jeffrey Akuda did last week, although that's a very low bar because Jefferson went off for 200-plus. But I, I also see Dalvin Cook being very large in the proceedings here, and this is a Minnesota team that I don't want to say they're running out of gas, but their record is not match what their you know underlying metrics are and I think there's going to come a point in time and we saw a little bit of of that last week where they just get exposed and I'm sure they've heard everything that I've been saying not me personally but everyone else in the media world that your defense stinks and you can't win a playoff game with this defense etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I have a feeling of all the offenses to face this is one that I think that the defense can look a little bit better than, than, than usual against. So as long as they can get some pressure on Matt Ryan, you get Hunter uh, questionable, Talvin, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson back, and, and I think those are the two guys that really need to get some pressure up front. But if they can, and if this is one of those slow-plotting games, Minnesota's played so many weird shootouts the last few weeks, they're kind of due for a 17-14 kind of game, and I, I think that's where I, I lean here. Wow. I just look at... This, this line leads to an interesting question to me, which is, do you ever bet on a result that you don't think will happen? But the, that means, if you look at this point spread and say, Minnesota's only favored by three and a half, your first reaction might be like, yeah, give me the Vikings all day. Are they going to win by four? Yeah. yeah. Or, or do you look at this and ever say, I don't know, man, maybe someone knows something I don't know. Even though I see the Vikings covering this, I'm just going to bet the other way because this line stinks to the high heavens. Give me the Colts plus the three and a hook. Do you ever bet on a result you don't think will take place? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, everybody's – I, you know what? And, and to me, those ultimately feel like – I know every time I'm in that predicament, it feels like the sucker bet. Like I feel like oh, I'm just being led somewhere. Like I instead of going with what my gut tells me and what my eyes have told me, like Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins are going to try to get him 
over whatever it is. Uh, right now, he's he's got 1,500 receiving yards on the season. Uh, he's he's only 133 yards away from having the single season receiving record for all time uh, as a Minnesota Viking. Randy Moss did this in 2003. He holds the record right now at 1632. So they have an opportunity in this game to get this job done. Like. Also, the disrespect of the betting line. And I can tell you from being in these squad meetings, and Kevin O'Connell's no dummy as a head coach of this team, like you could use that as motivation. You could say, hey, look, nobody thinks we're very good because we're playing against the Colts, and you see what their record is, and you see how little we're favored by. We're, 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 this is just who we are, guys. We're going to have to shock the world every single week and continue to prove to everybody that we're good enough to be in the conversation. And then also you look at seeding being so unbelievably important down the stretch of the season in the NFL. They, they've got to perform pretty well here to uh, hold on to that second seed in the NFC. So, yeah, I, I, I see the motivation completely being on the side of the Vikings in this one. Yeah, it's funny. This has been a a hot-button topic of conversation this year. The more mainstream gambling gets, the more you look at a game and you look at a line, and it's been the Vikings almost every step of the way. Yeah. You know, because of what I just said, like their record, they play a million one-score games, and their record in those games. They're like the TCU of, of the NFL. 100%. Kind of weird that they're both in purple, right? Yeah, that um, is true. <laughs> it's something about that color, maybe. I don't know. Um, it, it's a it very polarizing because the average fan will, and and I, I think most of our audience, pretty novice gamblers, they're 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 looking at their sports, but their BetMGM app for the first time, and they're trying to figure out what they want to bet on on a Saturday, and they, they and they look at that game and they're like, wait a minute, Vikings are ten and two. Like last week was the prime example. I mean, the Vikings were an underdog against the five and seven Lions team, and you're just looking at that like that can't be right. Like, and then you have a lot of conspiracy theorists that think, oh, the Vegas is trying to trap us. Um, That's not that's not true. Let's take the tinfoil hat off. It's it's just it's just the numbers that like if you know what goes into making the line, how the sausage is made, then it all makes sense when you look at. DVOA, EPA per play, success rate, all of the analytics, all of the data that gets fed to these sports books from the NFL, and that's their best for like the NFL and the sports books. They are they are in cahoots. They love each other right now. The sports books get data that I can't even begin to compute with my peon human brain, and they put it all together and they spit out these lines. And the lines are pretty accurate at this time of year. You saw what happened with the Lions last week. How are the Lions a favorite? Yeah, they whipped the Vikings pretty good. Um, that's why they were a favorite in that game. And, and and I think that's kind of where I'm at most weeks. When the line's telling you something, the market tends to get these things right more than they're wrong. I'm not saying it's 100% every time you see a weird line, it's going to go in the direction of the weirdness. But more often than not, let's say there's 100 weird lines throughout the course of the NFL season – uh, 55 to 60 of them are going to go at least in favor of where the market's kind of pushing you. So that's how I approach that. And and when you look at this game, yeah, I could see that a little bit. But I, I don't know what we're getting with Indy. And, and that's the tough handicap. Last week with Detroit, I knew what we were getting. I knew how good that offense was. I don't feel the same way about Indy's offense this week. 
All right, quickly, let's dive into Ravens-Browns. Browns are favored by two and a half. Total is low, 38 and a half. And uh, this one, what's interesting to me is you'll have Tyler Huntley behind center. He's the backup quarterback for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is out due to injury. And look, you hear this at the beginning of the season. You'll hear in September, maybe October, you got to have a mobile quarterback. Got to have it prerequisite in today's NFL. You get toward December, I don't hear that as much. Don't hear that as much. And don't get me wrong, I love that uh, mobile quarterbacks can put a lot of stress on a defense. But if you don't get down, if you don't slide, if you don't avoid the additional punishment, you might be on the shelf like Lamar is today, like Tyler Huntley was last week, like Kenny Pickett was in the same game last week when he went down while scrambling. And uh, this is an interesting matchup where Tyler Huntley comes off of concussion protocol and he's in there today, and Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, had to talk to him like, yo, like, please get down, please. <laughs> and Tyler Huntley's a guy like, I'm going to scratch and claw for every yard, every inch, every blade of grass. And the OC is like, okay, we, we need you to remain upright over here, man. But uh, they will have Tyler Huntley against the Browns. Interesting quarterback matchup with Deshaun Watson, who has not looked great. Thus far, a lot of rust to knock off. And against a tough Ravens defense, it might not get any easier for him today. Yeah, and, and this one, I'm feeling the underdog um, on the road because the Ravens are as they're getting, inching, clawing closer to being a lock for the playoffs, but they need a win. If they get a win, they're, they're virtual locks to make the playoffs this year. So uh, this is a huge game in division rivalry. You know those are always tense, especially in the AFC North, and kind of a battle of the backups. Let's face it, Deshaun Watson is playing like a backup quarterback because he's been on the shelf for almost two years, and he's come into the game, and you mentioned it. He looks rusty, and this offense has been in terms of EPA, if you look at like the advanced analytics on this Browns offense, they are low, low, low down on the list. Um, they are um, they are just performing so poorly on third downs in terms of just even gaining yards that that they're just not expected to score many points in any game they play. And Deshaun Watson hasn't helped that number move much at all. They're second from the bottom in the league in EPA offensively. So, you know, you, you look at some of those advanced things and, and you say, okay, yeah, well, that, that probably adds up. But then you just think about the games that you've watched Deshaun Watson in. He doesn't look sharp. He doesn't look like he's really the same magician that he was when he was even playing on a terrible Houston Texans team. The last time we saw him play, that was, what, a four-win season? And he looked amazing at times. Yeah. You're like, yeah. how is this guy on this team? This makes no sense. And then, obviously, his whole personal life blew up and the accusations started swirling. And we live in a different world now than we do then. But, yeah, getting back to this game, I, I, the Ravens have so much to play for in this one. Uh, and, and I think that in terms of just which team is carrying the most momentum, regardless of outcomes last week, it does sort of feel like it's, it's the Ravens' game to lose. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Watson, but I, I think he did look a little better last week than in the first week. And I think that's kind of where I'm trending here. If you want to make a manual adjustment on this game in any capacity, there's two adjustments that I would make, and they're both for both offenses. The first is is Watson. I, I think we'll see a little bit better. Like, even if it's just marginally better this week, 
I, this total's really low. And I, I think on the other side, you have to make a manual adjustment for J.K. Dobbins, who has not been involved in any of the priors for Baltimore this year, but I think he makes this Ravens offense a lot more dangerous and explosive. And you saw that burst uh, for a few moments in the game last week against Pittsburgh, who has a significantly better rushing defense than Cleveland, who's kind of in the bottom of the barrel there. So I, I, I think those are the two adjustments that I would make in this total, and I think that'll get me to the window on the over because I think this total probably should be 39 or 40 based off of I'll give a, I'll, I'll add a point for Watson and I'll add a point for Dobbins, you know, thinking that those guys are going to give a little bit of boost to their respective offenses. And I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's going to look like the Deshaun Watson of old, but I'm hearing that we should like write him off completely. Can we, he hasn't played in two years. Like, let's give him a few games, sure, and and let's see how he looks. Uh, but I think it'll be marginally better. And I'll be honest, I, I think the Ravens' defense down to down was pushed around a little bit by Pittsburgh, and they were bailed out by three Trubisky turnovers. That game flies over the total if he only throws one interception. And I, I think we're gonna see we're gonna see some points and some yards in this game, at least more than the odds makers think. Yeah, the Ravens trying to tread water again. Without Lamar Jackson, Lamar was out last year. Remember, the Ravens got off to an 8-3 and three start. Lamar got hurt. They didn't win another game. They finished 8-9, yep. and nine, dead last in the division. So yeah. trying to tread water while Lamar gets upright again. And in honor of the World Cup, they are level, right? They are 9-4, <laughs> and four, same record as the Bengals. So it's a big game for the Ravens, man, trying to keep pace massive. to win that division. Yeah, massive game. All right. Hey, uh... Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. We have a lot to do. We've got Rich Orenberger, Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, it was ugly last week. Is it going to be uglier today? It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Hornberger, and Jared Smith. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM original podcast, featuring yours truly, Brian No, Jared Smith, and Bill Krakenberger. We give our takes on all the key lines. Get you set for the weekend in betting, college football-wise, NFL-wise, that's every Thursday. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so my fish are in action. Fins up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Dolphins at the Bills tonight. That is the nightcap. Bills favored by seven. It was an ugly performance by the Dolphins last week against the Chargers and the snow. What did you call it, Jared? A snow globe over snow there globe. in Buffalo? I mean, we never really know what the weather will actually be like when the game starts, and we tend to overblow the weather a little bit, but it looks pretty bad today. Yeah, and I don't know if it's overblown when it comes to the Dolphins. You know, they have (laughs) not fared well. They've lost their last eight games when the temperature is under 40 degrees. Like, under 40, like, 39 is not that cold. It was under 40 in Vegas today when I walked my dog this morning. Wow. So, wow. 
Yeah, these these games, man, like especially in the AFC East, because of the Dolphins, you have such an interesting mix of weather throughout the season. Um, and I remember with the Pats, when we would go down to South Beach early in the season, I mean, playing in Miami – Anywhere between week one and week five, basically, you could be exposed to heat and humidity that you just can't replicate virtually anywhere else in the country. And it's brutal. And that's an outdoor stadium. And nobody really talks about the advantage that the Miami Dolphins have at home in the early season. But I promise you it's significant. And then like, likewise for you know the teams in the Northeast, like the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, the Bills. These teams are difficult to face when December comes around. And so it's very odd that it was week three when we saw the Bills in in Miami and now it's week 15 that the Dolphins are heading to Buffalo because both in both cases you have an absurd amount of heat in terms of the Bills visiting the Miami Dolphins to deal with or an absurd amount of cold in terms of the Dolphins <laughs> facing when they had to uh head to western New York so um look I mean the same way we saw the Bills struggle and lose to the Miami Dolphins uh, in a game where you had several players drop out uh, different various times due to heat illness. I think the cold is going to have a strong effect on this Dolphins passing game. And I think the Bills might roll in this one. This might be one of those games where mm. all of a sudden we realize like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why the Bills are so special. Uh, and that's why Josh Allen is is considered so highly because he's used to this. I mean, this guy played in Wyoming. Like he he understands weather. He understands how to play in weather. Um, Tua, Alabama to South Beach. A lot of those players, you know, your blood thins out when you're playing in warm weather. It's the truth. It really is. I grew up in New York. I live in San Diego. I, I get cold when there's a 60 degree wind outside. So like, yeah, it's it. There's a truth to that. I I got the Bills rolling in this one. Wow. Shame on you. Yeah, you're not going to make any friends with President Dolphins. But he's even got the colors that you guys can't see him right now. We tweet out some clips. Let's go. There should be a pennant in the background. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, you I've got, got it. I've got the Zoom call in the corner here every time Brian yeah, I pops see a up. tank for two assigned yeah, up somewhere it's, it's, in the background. The teal and orange. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a few. I mean, let's let's start with some schematic. I'll get to the my my take on the weather in a minute, but but let's operate under the assumption that this game was being played in a vacuum. Um, the schematic, and it was last week with the Chargers, right? That game was in, at SoFi, so there there was a vacuum, even though SoFi had a had a lightning delay last year. Don't even get me started on that. But um, in indoor facility, uh, and and you even saw it last week, and we've given Brandon Staley a tough time the last couple of years with his defensive schemes, but they were pretty buttoned up X's and O's wise. They really were. Yeah. And it, and that was with a banged up secondary, no Derwin James. And the, the scheme was relatively simple, right? The, the 13 weeks now of tape from Mike McDaniel's offense, play outside leverage, robber safety deep. Don't let you go deep middle, make Tua go outside the hashes. And he hasn't been able to do it the last couple of weeks now. And I, I think, I'm sure Sean McDermott watched that tape. I'm sure he had a, uh, a a very interesting discussion with his defensive coaches this week. How are we going to take away those deep middle, those deep chunk explosive plays that Miami seems to live on like oxygen? And we'll see how they execute that scheme today. It's one thing to have a scheme. It's another thing to go out there and execute it in, like we said, very difficult conditions. 
the conditions will absolutely favor the defense if it's cold. When I talk about when I handicap snow, not as important. Cold wind, very important, and yeah, I think that's where agreed. Tua and, and you know the other even Buffalo's offense I think might have some 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 struggles at some point today, but certainly Miami's offense will be affected more than Buffalo's offense will. Maybe this is finally the week the Dolphins cry uncle and start running the ball more. Maybe um, I don't think they're have a lot of success doing it because Ed Oliver's sitting in there in the middle and he's been an absolute monster all season. But I, I do think Miami has to run the ball in order to take some of the air out of this game and keep Josh Allen on the sidelines. They didn't do it last week, and Justin Herbert sliced them and diced them. Keenan Allen looked great, and the Dolphins' secondary has been really battered and bruised this year. So I, I, I think schematically Buffalo's got a lot of things in their favor. Now let's talk about the weather. That's why the totals dropped significantly. I, I think it's going to keep dropping. I can't see it going up based off of the forecast that we're getting. And I just I, I don't know how I feel about Tua in this in these conditions. Like I I do feel like it's gonna be a big struggle for him, and the weather is absolutely a factor in this game. Even though Mike McDaniel made it seem like it's not, and it's a mindset thing, and it is a mindset thing. But at the end of the day, you still have to execute, and the conditions are not ideal for that. So I I, I struggle with Miami in this game, but I think both teams have to play in the weather, and we'll see how much it impacts Buffalo. Usually, the weather we talk about it more than it actually has a true impact on the game. That tends to be the vibe that I've gotten over the years handicapping these situations. But with Buffalo, we saw it last year with that Patriots game. <laughs> I mean, when it's bad, it's really bad. So we'll see what it is in you know eight, ten hours when this game kicks off. But I'd be a little concerned if you're backing Miami today because I, I don't know how two is going to handle it. Well, hopefully he handles it well because uh, it's got to be a whole lot better than it was last week. You saw Brian, the no difference. Stan account. It was just, it could not have been more obvious the difference between Tua and Justin Herbert. And for any Dolphins fan out there, it's just a nightmare playing out in real life where it's like, they could have had Herbert. They could have drafted Herbert. They could have taken Herbert. They took Tua instead. And it was just three plus hours of Herbert just like, yeah, you could have had me. Yeah, you could have had me. Here's another throw. You could have had me. It was brutal. (laughs) So it can't be like that again today against Josh Allen and the Dolphins having a a legitimate shot to win this game. He's just got to play a whole lot better. Someone who plays great all the time, regardless of the climate over here. Could be snowing sideways, could be raining, could be sleeting. Isaac Lowenkron always finds a way to get the job done. He's got another sports update for us. Thanks to a performance-enhancing substance known as coffee, by the way. Fellas, today's NFL triple header kicks off at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Indianapolis Colts. The Vikings can clinch the NFC North with a win or a tie. We've got the third-place game going on right now at the World Cup. Croatia and Morocco are tied at one in the 34th minute. Both goals scored within the first nine minutes of the match. Today's college football bowl slate kicks off at the top of the hour from Fenway Park in Boston, Cincinnati and Louisville in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. 
Meanwhile, in the NBA on Friday night, the Los Angeles Lakers defeated Denver 126-108. LeBron James scored 30, Russell Westbrook a triple-double. Anthony Davis did not play in the second half because of a right foot injury. Kyrie Irving hit the game-winning three at the buzzer, giving Brooklyn a 119-116 win at Toronto. And the Knicks made it six wins in a row. Victorious at Chicago by 23, 114-91. They hit 17 three-pointers, six of them by Jalen Brunson. Also on Friday night, Donovan Mitchell scored 41 in Cleveland's 118-112 win over the Indiana Pacers. The Cavaliers now 19-11. Now back to three swashbucklers in their own right, Brian, Jared, and Rich. Thank you, Ilo. It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Follow the money. Real good money. All right, we're going to follow the money with Christian Cipollini, BetMGM Sportsbook Trading Manager here on Countdown to Kickoff. Uh, welcome in, Christian. Happy Saturday to you. Now, we've got the hybrid going on today. We've got six bowl games, as you well know, three NFL games between any of those nine games. Like Florida, there's line movement with that college bowl game. The Vikings only favored by three and a half. Which line or line movement do you find to be the most interesting? Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me on. Um, yeah, there's been a few interesting ones. I guess I'll start with college. Um, I, the spreads have been fairly stable, but there has been a decent amount of line movement uh, when it comes to the totals. This Louisville-Cincinnati game. Uh, out in Fenway has had a six-point drop, uh, started up at 45, not on the 38-and-a-half. Um, and then, of course, if you go into the NFL, I can talk about this. This Bills game that opened up uh, with a much higher spread, I believe it was about 46-and-a-half, and now we're all the way down to 43 with all this projected snow. So that's one for sure that's going to have some movement. Yeah, that's a biggie, too. Anytime you go beneath that total of 44 the key total there, most landed on total in the NFL over the last two decades. It always catches my eye. So certainly the weather a factor there. So the all the talk with these college football games is how do we quantify motivation? Christian, when you look at some of these games, let's let's use Oregon State, Florida as kind of the lens here, because Florida, you know, ton of opt outs a quarterback that we've never seen before. We don't know if they're going to be up for this game. The lines move three, three and a half, four, even five points now, but a little bit of buyback on Florida. But big move towards Oregon State. How does the sports book quantify motivation when it comes to handicapping these bowl games? Yeah, bowl games are, can be tough because, you know, we're working off the same information that, you know, everyone else is. So yeah. it, it, it certainly does, as you said, this – Opened up at uh, Oregon State minus six, went all the way up to ten and a half, and now we're sitting back at eight. So, really, we just use you know the information that we have available and those those sharp players that kind of give us indication of where you know our line might be off and where we might need to make a move. And it's just also just trying to you know use the information that we can gather from the from the players and try to move that in real time. So when we do get these opt outs and these players not playing just try and be on top of it and make the uh, necessary corrections. Yeah, it's an easy segue into this one. What strategy then would you suggest when betting bowl games? Like if you like a line, should you jump all over it or should betters take time and wait and see and employ that strategy? Yeah, typically betting early is going to give you better numbers and produce better results, especially, you know, if you, if you know what you're looking for, but 
in bowl games, it can kind of have an opposite effect there. Sometimes it is better to wait, you know, a few games before game time to make sure a week or so and just make sure that you do have the right information. I mean, a lot of it, though, is being, you know, pegged into these, you know, certain people on Twitter that, that are plugged into this team and are able to recognize, you know, this player is playing and it's important that this player is playing. That, that'd be my best advice there. Christian, it's always funny when we get into these pros versus Joes conversations, and I think that the the Colts-Vikings game is the perfect uh, example of that where, you know, you got a lot of sharp guys that are on the Colts. My question is, how often do you see sharp bettors make quote-unquote square picks? There's got to be a sharp better that just says, yeah, it might be a little square, but I'm going to roll with the Vikings minus three and a half today. Yeah, I... I don't. I guess sometimes it goes by square, but a lot of times it is just where they perceive that value, and a lot of times it is just, you know, sometimes in a certain number that that started, it started at a different number, and they see the value in it being at the number it is now. Um, and, and maybe this Vikings is a spot where the past few weeks they have been, their spreads have been a lot closer than their record would say. I guess if if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, while while we definitely have gotten sharp money on uh, the Vikings it is also certainly where we're getting all the square money we are we pretty much can't write very many Colts bets today yeah it's funny because uh, I, you know now that you know, the, the, the breath of, of sports betting and, and how much the media world's exploded a lot of these sharp guys do podcasts now and it it's so robotic how they handicap games it's just this is what my number is period end mm-hmm. of story I don't care about what the context is. My number's this. If it's this, I'm betting it. And it, it that I, I think that's where it, it's confusing because we sit up here and we talk about these games and we spin these narratives and we try to get these little angles. And with a with a pro better, especially some of them that are just analytics based, it's just this is my number. I'm betting it. I really don't care what um, the rest of the market and what the narratives are. Speaking of narratives, it, weather. You know, we're gonna get it with with Miami and Buffalo today. We're gonna start to get it down the stretch of these games, and I think. That's the hardest thing to really handicap because the weather changes literally in minutes. And you might go into this Buffalo game tonight thinking it's going to be a snow globe and all of a sudden the weather isn't as bad. And then those numbers are just off. Is it is that the hardest thing to handicap for the NFL especially? Let's get away from college because most of these bowl games are played indoors. But in the NFL down the stretch, is the weather the biggest curveball that you have to deal with on a week-to-week basis, especially early in the week when the reports and the forecast could change dramatically from when the number opens to when it closes? It's definitely a challenge, but I don't know if I'd put it at the hardest just because of kind of what you said at the end there where it – even even when you get to that 11th hour, it's still uncertain. Last week we had uh, the Eagles-Giants game had a ton of movement uh, on that total because there was you know it was supposed to be a monsoon, but it, the weather really didn't end up playing a huge factor. Um, so those kind of things will happen, and a lot of times too, sometimes those weather don't have the exact uh, predicted outcome as you would think. Sometimes you would think in a snow game, oh, they're not going to throw the ball at all, but. They do end up throwing it, and sometimes those totals do end up going higher than they, they thought they would have been. So while we'll see a lot of underaction, I'm sure, on this Bills-Dolphins game, they are still two very explosive offenses. So if that weather slows down and it's not snowing as hard, well, then the book might end up uh, working out on, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, when a QB gets injured – or opts out, say, if we're talking a bowl game. We definitely see a line change, usually depending on how important to the offense, two or three points. When a coach leaves a program, 
to go to uh, because he took another gig. What what does that do to the line? Now I'd say that it would be a little bit harder. And just to quickly touch on the the QB, I think that usually is uh, more of a difficult thing to handicap than than the weather would be. A lot of times, if we don't know who the quarterback is, that's obviously super significant. Um, but to jump back to the coach side, uh, those are definitely really hard to play, especially especially in college when it is these bowl games and you're wondering how much motivation you know a team might have just in general. And then now they have a completely different coach running completely different plays, schemes, all that. It, it's definitely very difficult to handicap. And I think at times we will see sharp action kind of come on the opposite side of those. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, because there is so much more unknown with that team, with the new coach and, and everything else. Hey, Christian, man, good stuff today. Hope you enjoy the games. We'll catch you soon. Yeah, another great day of football. Hope, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, job, absolutely, Christian. man. Great Looking stuff, forward man. to it. Christian Cipollini, BetMGM Sportsbook Trading Manager. Good stuff. All right, we've got Rich Ornberger. He's got a uh, shaved clavicle. He's drinking 150 ounces of water daily. <laughs> I am. It's Do you really? brutal. Yeah, I just started doing this. Uh, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a lot of water, and I'll tell you what: <laughs> frequent restroom breaks are required. Good luck on that flight to Hawaii. Yeah, that's going to be a long <laughs> one, boys. <laughs> got Jared Smith from Pixwise.com, their lead betting analyst. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, it's not just about how the games will end. How they begin is also very important. We will explain. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? Uh, it is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Not live yet, live betting. Hey, be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. Okay, so we're looking for in-game opportunities. So when these games kick off, whether it's college bowl games today, the three NFL games, we're anticipating what the scenario might be. So the games kick off. Maybe there's an early touchdown and the Colts go up 7-0. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you peek at the Vikings with the adjusted line. Because uh, you're going to get a different point spread in-game. So we'll start with you, Jared. Any gut feeling that you have about how these games might start off and how you could maybe uh, take advantage of the situation? Yeah, I think this one's kind of easy today. I think Christian laid it out for us on a, on a silver parlay platter. Uh, the weather in Buffalo. It's it's if it's really bad, then I'm betting under. If it's not as bad as we think, I'm betting over. And you have to kind of gauge or try to find the right time. I don't. I, my guess is it won't be as bad as the experts think. That usually is what happens. But if it's when it's Buffalo, all bets are off. So wait till the game literally starts. Literally watch the the pregame. Um, and, you know, the, on the field, you know, the reports and then see what that first drive or two look like and then base your, your decision off of that. Because when it's supposed to be really, really bad and the line moves significantly, it might have some value there. Yeah, I like that. Actually, in your sort of preamble there, Brian, you uh, you gave me 
uh, perfect entry into this one. Yeah, I am looking at if the Colts score early in this game against the Vikings to jump all over the uh, the Minnesota side. Right now on BetMGM, Bet they're favored by three and a half, hosting the Colts. Um, yeah, so if the, the Colts get hot early, uh, keep in mind this statistic in terms of second half scoring per game. The Minnesota Vikings are in the top 10. The Indianapolis Colts are in the bottom third. So this is a team, the Colts, and we saw this against the Cowboys. We've seen this since Saturday has taken over. That really doesn't know what to do in the second half. And I feel like this game is going to be much the same. If the Colts jump out to an early lead and this line comes down, slam the Vikings. There you go. Okay, I'm going to look to college football here. I'm looking at a brand name maybe getting off to a good start. You know what I mean? Like Florida has a ton of opt-outs, but let's just say Florida scores the first touchdown. Florida's the brand name. Oregon State isn't, so you're going to get some line movement there. Oregon State right now, about an eight-point favorite. So if they give up an early touchdown, they're not going to be favored by eight anymore. It's going to be under a touchdown, and you might look to pounce on the beeves at that time because with all these opt-outs... It might not show up in the first quarter. It might not show up in the first series, but it could show up over the course of a 60-minute football game. So I would look to pounce on the Beavs if they are down early is what I'd be looking for here. I don't hate it. I don't either. I mean, in-game, no. You should be you should be doing all three. Oh, dude, yeah. You should give this me guy, three angles here. He, he's on fire, too, guy. on our text line. He is. In-game. That's all he does. Yeah. I don't know when you sleep. <laughs> I don't. I, Were you I on don't the Incarnate sleep. Word game last night? We did get home with the spread, not the money line. Shane yeah. he wanted the money line for Team I wasn't, Destiny Incarnate Word. But they did I cover. was thinking over, but it was a little bit too high, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stay away. I'm After stay last away week, only one way yeah. to go, right? All right, coming up next, some more bowl game curveballs you might not have seen coming. We'll get to that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. We are ramping up. We've got the NFL in two hours. We've got the Wasabi Fenway Bowl (laughs) about to kick off over here. I, I don't know about you guys, but... I hate when we get a bowl game and there's just no crowd. I'm not going to rant against bowl games. I'm a bowl addict, a ball addict, I should say, right? Like, if football is on, chances are I'm watching it. If there is an NFL game on right now featuring two teams that are like 2-14 and with a game to go, I'm all in. I'm watching it from beginning to end. I'll watch all these college bowl games, so I'm not anti-bowl game. I'm anti-dead atmosphere. I hate it. Like, you made it to a bowl game. Like, please, someone just buy a ticket and show up. Support your squad. What are we doing over here, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was one of the big uh, things during the pandemic. Like, people just realized how important it was, even from a television viewing standpoint, like what crowds do to the excitement, even if you're all by yourself in your – you know, Indiana uh, 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 bedroom or living room, you know, eating a bowl of Fruit Loops, watching the Bears take on the Houston Texans. Like, you know, like like you said, two of the worst NFL franchises. If nobody's in in the in the stands, all of a sudden you get this feeling like, oh, this doesn't matter then, does it? Yeah. Like, well, right. 
It does. It does. You know, I mean, again, bowl games, we talked about this in the first hour, but bowl games are important for the team's future success because a lot of guys may get some opportunities that they didn't get in the regular season when it counts for real towards conference championships or playoff bids, etc. It counts for, obviously, your draft stock, depending on how high profile a bowl game you're playing in and how well you play in that bowl game. We've seen careers change as a result and NFL draft stock rise as a result of bowl games. That stuff gets talked about all the time uh you know can you show up for the big moment so i agree with you i think the atmosphere of bowl games is lacking and a lot of it has to do with how many bowl games there actually are but then you get into the debate do you really want to limit the opportunities for players i don't want to do that so it's a catch-22 i think it's more about the location too right the 11 a.m bowl game in the middle of December at Fenway Park. Absolutely. It just, it's it's not going to be a very highly attended game. But if you put this game in the Bahamas or in Mexico or, or, or in California or Arizona or Florida, or, you know, it, it, you're going to get destinations for these cities, Louisville and Cincinnati. Who in the Louisville and Cincinnati area wants to go to Boston in December? Nobody. Well, and I, but I also think that Look, I would apply it to friendship. You know, if I need a ride to the airport, if I need help moving, can I call you? Mm. That's a friend. You know what I mean? Like, if you're truly a supporter of your program, get in your car and drive from Cincinnati to Boston <laughs> yeah. and be there for your squad. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to but say, how many oh, yeah, go Bearcats. But are really going to do that? A thousand, another, five, you know? Like, get over even, there. Even Come every, on. <laughs> even if everyone. I, I, I think Brian, this is the most fired up we've seen Brian all year about the bowl you know, assimilation that goes on, whether the timing of the games or the the venue and the location. It is – I love this version of you, Brian. It is, I, it is thank fiery. You. I just would – listen, I've, I'm from South Bend. I love Notre Dame football. Yeah. But if oh, it was a situation like that. this, they think played about this. Hades, you'd go watch them. If the atmosphere was going to be just awful – I would be there. It's like we gotta have some freaking fans over here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Fenway Bowl no right way. now. I'm watching. It's 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 pretty. It's like bad. Library. It's it like looks library bad. At Fenway Park right now. Yeah. yeah, I would just go based on principle. Like you know, if it's uh, the Irish are six and six, they snuck into the Armed Forces Bowl or whatever, and there's gonna be nobody there. It's like we're going. We're hey, freaking the there. This has been sort of my complaint about the bowl system and about, honestly, the college football playoff being limited to even 12 when it expands. Why not have these bowl games on college campuses that are actually totally playing agree. and engaging in these games? Like, yeah. you want to have a fan base show up for, I don't know, uh, uh, like like you mentioned, like have have the Bearcats fan base show up to uh, to a bowl game instead of making it in Boston. How about doing it in Cincinnati? How about doing it at Bang- the Bengals Stadium? Totally agree. You know Amen. what I mean? Like you know, you could switch it up slightly. Like I actually like the fact that Fresno State is playing close enough to home at SoFi, yeah. where they will be able to attract some of their fans down the grapevine to that to LA. To show up, and I don't know about WSU on that side, but like you may have some regional interest there that's going to buoy the actual attendance of this game. Like, like we see, for example, you know, 
conference championship games sometimes when where they're regional, where where you see them kind of set somewhere where both teams can get to and it's drivable, say three hours. Those games are packed. So yeah, I, I'm I'm in favor of more of that. We just don't see it. That'd be a yeah. good way to go the other way, right? It's the one bowl game that's at a home campus. It's a home stadium, especially like a lower tier bowl game. That's a great way to stand out. Like, okay, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, right? Like that stands out just based on the name. Yeah. But you want to stand out, do something that no other bowl game has, which is you play at a home stadium. I Call love it a chameleon idea. bowl, and it changes venue every year for whoever is in <laughs> there, it. And they, get to, there you go. and they nice. get to play it at their home stadium. I mean, we're just, you know, if you guys are interested, any bowl executives that are listening to the show, feel free to reach out. I'll be yeah, on. we'll be on your board. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. We'll so we got a committee. Got a couple of uh, coaching curveballs over here. How about Drew Brees? Huh? Wild. Drew Brees, one of the best NFL quarterbacks of all time. He will be an interim assistant coach for Purdue as they prepare for the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. By the way, Cheez-Its are magnificent. But uh, he says, no, 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 no. Coaching, not in my future. This is just a one-off. I don't know, man. I could see Drew Brees being pretty successful as a coach one day. I, I don't know how great the broadcasting stuff's going to work out for him. But coaching, th- this could be a good spot for him. But he's adamant right now. Maybe it'll get into his blood when he's preparing Purdue this week and next week, getting ready for it. This bowl game's on January 2nd, so he gets a couple of weeks with Purdue. Maybe it'll spark some coaching juices over here for him. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I retired from football, my wife, I we I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And my wife said, well, just you just need to do whatever you want because you've earned that. You, you have to just think about what you're passionate about and what you would like to chase after and, and go and do it. Because from a professional standpoint, you really may never have an opportunity like right now. And I, I kind of like this. I kind of like the way Drew Brees is doing it, like as opposed to Jeff Saturday. And I'm not even, I'm not even upset at Jeff Saturday. I'm not even really, um, I, 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 I really don't care at all. Like I, I, how you get your job, I, I really, it doesn't bother me. You know, somebody, your uncle owns the business, whatever. Are you good at it? Is it? Are you passionate about it? Is it something you want to do long term? Is it a goal, or has it been a goal of yours? In this case, Drew Brees kind of said, yeah, you know, it's something I want to do and I'm not going to make any sort of long-term commitments. And I think signing on as an assistant interim coach for this team is the right way to go about it, you know, is as opposed to taking over a program and acting like, you know, you dropping into the situation is going to be a cure-all, the vitamin C of what's been wrong for so long or continue the success it sort of feels like, ah, maybe I'll try these shoes on. Ah, do these fit? Eh, man, maybe not. Like, I'll put them back on the shelf. Yeah, I'm thinking 11 and a half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, very supportive home home environment there, Rich. I, I fully, I fully uh, love to hear that because yeah. I think Drew is going to be really good at this. I just – he has that demeanor, you know, leading the huddles and the pre – you know, you don't see the quarterback in the middle of the, the pregame – pump up huddle very often screaming and yelling at the top of his lungs usually the quarterback's a little more quiet reserved on the sideline studying the game plan I mean he is front and center pumping up the guys before the game that was like the big thing with the Saints games was what he was going to say and how he was going to kind of lead that pregame 
uh, chant, and and I think that's going to bleed into his coaching career a lot. And I'm I'm thrilled we don't have to see him doing you know sports book ads anymore for the next few weeks because those have been <laughs> those have been <laughs> interesting at best. I've never um, thought about it like that, but yeah, yeah, like get him away from that side of the of the uh, the the you know the sports world and and get him into a side that I think is going to fit a little more comfortably for him and and his style and his demeanor. And it's great for Purdue. I mean, if you're it's a great. Purdue player, uh, you know, you get that knowledge and that experience over the next few weeks. I think Purdue's going to be very up for this game. And I'm sure we'll get into this game a little later on because it is very late in the bowl season, so I won't go too nuts with the X's and O's. But it's an interesting handicap with Brian Kelly and LSU after all they've accomplished this year to be playing in this game. And I, I, I think this is going – it could be that moment – that in five to ten years, when we think of Drew Brees as this successful head coach somewhere, we circled this week, this this month, as that kind of you know catalyst, and and it'll be interesting to see where he takes it from here and how this experience grows on him as he moves forward with his post playing career. Well, and that's the thing for Drew Brees as a coach. Let's just say he starts off as a quarterback coach, or it grows into something more like you just said, Jared, as a head coach. I think. The fact that Drew Brees wasn't the tallest or the fastest or had the strongest arm, 100%. I think that's a big deal if he Absolutely. wants to get into coaching. He doesn't strike me as a guy who was just insanely talented and it's hard for him to coach because it's, it's like just Frank driving Wright. you crazy that these guys aren't as talented as you were, yeah. right? Like, Reminds me I, a lot I, of Frank Wright. Who's yeah, one of the best offensive ways, minds in football. But yeah. but he he's a little bit understated, Frank Reich. Like he doesn't he doesn't want to. He's not a tireless self promoter, Frank Reich. I played for him. It's true. And and that's the reason why he fits so well in the NFL world. But I don't think he would do as well as a college football yeah, coach. I agree. Because you like Drew Brees is not afraid to promote himself. Yeah. Drew Brees takes every commercial he'll get in front of the nfl films cameras you know he'll he'll be like you said in the middle of the huddle better doing, with recruiting right yeah that that sort of personality and that sort of media yeah. savvy like to understand like there's a little bit of peyton manning in there like just an awareness generally of what the camera wants you know the what the fan base wants what the people want to see you know whether or not it's 100% authentic genuine every single step of the way that's almost besides the point it's like are you willing to do that are you willing to put yourself out there like that and Drew Brees has proved throughout his entire career especially since he landed in New Orleans that that's exactly what he wants to do hence moving on into a media career hence the commercials he still cuts for sports books and otherwise like this this guy <laughs> struck by lightning he's he's available so I, I I look at it very similarly to you, Jared. Is he a sharp offensive mind? Yeah, there's no question. Is he a guy who could help that side of the ball, especially if he took on a, a coaching position in college? Yeah, I definitely think that's the case. Um, but most importantly, I think he would be an influential recruiter and he would be excellent with transfer portal candidates. I think yeah. that would be, and mm. that's the world where, like, with when you're competing with Deion Sanders, like going yeah. on Twitter and being like, "Hey, y'all, I need a defensive lineman. Hit me up." <laughs> like, I mean, you got to bring in somebody who can compete in that space. I think Drew Brees could. It's How like about this too? Dating. Yeah, what opened up the spot for Drew Brees as an interim assistant is that Jeff Brom, the head coach is leaving Purdue, he took the Louisville head coaching job. That's his alma mater. 
So Jeff Brom is gone from Purdue, yet his brother Brian Brom, he'll be the interim head coach for Purdue in their bowl game against LSU. So that's interesting twist there as well. We also wanted to mention this. How about Mississippi State? They have elected this week to play in their bowl game. Very sad news. Mike Leach, the head coach, he passed away earlier in the week. But Mississippi State said, we're playing our bowl game. They're taking on Illinois. And that's on January 2nd. And they said, this is what Mike Leach would have wanted. So we're going ahead and playing it. I thought that part of the story was really cool from them. Yeah, I agree. Mike Leach, easily one of the most interesting people we've ever covered in sports media. He is a riot, was. Unfortunately, with this passing, we're going to miss out on so many of his just mannerisms and interview, candid interview topics. Like, this guy was amazing. Zach Arnett, who's replacing him now as the 35th head coach at Mississippi State, is a former San Diego State defensive coordinator who I got to know really well. He Talk about a recruiter. Excellent recruiter. Great talker. A great leader. Uh, I think he's going to be just what um, this team needs moving forward. But yeah, you'll never replace a character in college football at or football at any level uh, with, because Mike Leach just was cut from his own cloth. They broke the mold. I know that's an overused cliche, but it truly is applicable here. Yeah, and, and unfortunately it's not the only tragedy that struck college football this year, the San Jose State situation, the Virginia shooting. I mean, it's just been – it, it it's it's been hot and heavy uh, to to deal with this stuff and and I, I credit Mississippi State for 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 showing I, I think it's it, it makes sense right Mike Leach would have wanted them to play I think that was the rallying cry that I that I heard this week and I I I, I subscribe to that way of thinking as sad as it is the show must go on and these kids I'm sure want to play it's a distraction it's a way to show that they're gonna rally around who's a guy that's been one of the most most unique um, and, and influential, I would say culturist, like just the college football culture, just he, he embodies what that is. And I'll, I'll miss Coach Leach. I'll, I'll miss watching him in his interviews and uh, just the overall vibe that he brings to his team every week. It's a fat, you know, they run this very strange offense. It's a very unique air raid where they don't throw it deep very much. It's like a short quick passing game. We'll see how the, the X's and O's change a little bit in this game. Um, but it just a, a, another unique situation that we're handicapping this bowl season that is a little tougher to wrap your head around because of the tragedy involved. But it again, the show must go on. The game's going to be played. There's going to be bets made. And we'll do our best to cap it as, as we usually do. You know, I'll say real fast. I read a story. It just popped into my head a while ago. And it was talking about a number of quarterbacks who played under Mike Leach, and they were describing what the meetings were like. And it's like the meeting, he'd go off in all these random directions and all these random subjects, and they'd barely be talking football. But they got their work done. And that's the interesting thing about Mike Leach is he was – he was really smart and incredibly detailed depending on what subject it was, but he was also incredibly simplistic at the same time where he'd be like, just throw to the open guy. Yeah. Like, just, just throw the guy who's open. Like that, yeah. That's really all it needs to be, but he will be absolutely missed and not forgotten because that was, as you said, Rich, one of the great characters in football history. He was outstanding. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff 
presented by BetMGM Original Podcast, featuring yours truly, Brian No, also Jared Smith, Bill Krakenberger. We give our takes on all the key lines and get you set for the weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Rich Ornberger is with us. He's a chef in the making. Jared oh, yes! Smith is with us. He's walking his dog in 39-degree temperatures this cold morning. Cold today in Vegas. Yes! Very Heck. cold, very cold. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, we got bowl games today. we got bowl games throughout the week. Quick hitting style. We preview a bunch of them. Rapid fire. That's coming up. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer that's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Okay, we'll go rapid-fire style some of these bowl games, both today and throughout the week. How about this game? We haven't touched on this yet. Fresno State taking on Washington State. Cameron Ward, this is for you, Jared, the uh, incarnate word transfer. QB of the Cougs going up against Jake Hayner. The dogs go as Jake Hayner goes because when he's behind center, they fared very well this season when he was injured. Not as much, but he will be there today for the Bulldogs as as they try to get another win over here. Nine and four on the season, looking for double digits from Fresno State here today. Yeah, and I think the Jake Hayner news is kind of everything. The, I mean, that might be the most influential opt-in of the bowl season besides our pal uh, Bryce Young and Will Anderson. But uh, Washington State, OCDC, out of town, top pass catchers gone, top defensive end, rush end gone. I mean, talk about an air raid offense without their two top pass catchers. Really tough to back Washington State here. I, I like Fresno. You might hear that pick in a little bit. Oh, foreshadowing yeah. right there. Tell you what, I got to watch Jake Hayner play football live this season, calling a game, and he is incredible. He's tough. He makes all the throws you want him to make. Yeah. He's clutch. Um, yeah, just talking about a team that's more cohesive going into this game who aren't trying out as many new parts around their offense or defense, especially for the Cougs on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, give me give me the Bulldogs in this one. I'm a big Hainer guy. I think he's uh, he's one of those very underrated college quarterbacks who could um, who could maybe impress an NFL team one day. By the way, this will be on Monday. We've got UConn against Marshall in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Shout out to Jim Mora Jr., huh? Yeah. Getting UConn bowl eligible already? So that's a 2.30 p.m. Eastern game on Monday. But for UConn to be bowl eligible this early... That is quite the accomplishment because they were beyond atrocious before Jim Mora Jr. got there. So nice accomplishment being bowl eligible this quickly. Yeah, no doubt about it. I love this story. UConn going from 1-11 a season ago to 6-6 in its first bowl game in seven years. That all sounds extremely impressive to me. Um, And plus, remember, back in 2020, they were the first team to announce that they were going to cancel their season due to COVID-19. Right, so this this program has gone gone from you know canceled seasons 
to one win seasons to now bowl eligibility. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely watching this bowl just to see UConn and, and to see them finish out what has been, you know, what a lot of people would say, oh, well, it's mediocre, right? They're a 500 football team. No, 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 no. From where they were to where they're at, this has been very impressive. Yeah, they, I, I think they might be the most motivated team in all of bowl season. Yeah. You know, and, and it, this is the exact type of game we talked about off the top when we're trying to quantify motivation. Because how does Marshall feel? You know, they had high expectations. They've been to a million bowl games in, in their recent past. How do they feel playing in the Myrtle Beach Bowl against UConn? Because UConn's, I'm sure, going to be fired up to be there. But Marshall's defense, rushing defensively, one of the best uh, teams in the country. So that's really all UConn does is run the football, and Marshall gives up under 100 per game in that category. So, again, the motivation matters here because stopping the run's all about effort and, and determination. How much of that does Marshall have compared to will of UConn? Because if you just look at bigger, faster, stronger, Marshall is, is all of those things compared to the Huskies. But I think the Huskies really want to be there, and I'm not sure if Marshall does. So maybe taking double digits is a good idea, but uh, if Marshall's up for this game, it's probably a blowout. How about real fast, the Gasparilla Bowl? So this will be on Friday. This will be a day before our next show here on Countdown to Kickoff. So Wake Forest against Missouri. That's on Friday night. And the first thing I think of, we got some slow mesh. We got slow mesh with Wake Forest going on over here. But we also have Missouri. And what's interesting to me is when we look at the strength of a conference, we typically just look at the top teams. you know. But if you look at the SEC from the perspective of Missouri and who you have to play and who you have to face. That is freaking tough. Missouri is 6-6 six and six on the season, but not an easy path when you look at the conference from their perspective. I just think from, from a watch, like, like if you're going to settle down and watch a football game, this is going to be one of the most interesting and potentially sloppiest games played. I mean, both <laughs> these teams really struggled with ball security throughout their season. Uh, so every possession could be just a winding road, my friends. Uh, so there will be no such thing as a safe lead. Both of these offenses score a bunch and will throw the heck out of the football. Sam Hartman has been there since the Reagan administration, I'm pretty sure, has been on <laughs> campus. Uh, yeah, so I, I think this is going to be a game where whichever team has one last possession and throws one more touchdown is the team that's going to win a high-scoring, high-turnover affair. This should be a good – this should, from a television, like, sit back, pop some popcorn, viewing experience, this should be the game you're going to want to watch early in bowl season. Yeah, Mizzou goes three and a half now to almost a pick em, so there's some steam there on the Tigers. And defensively, I think that was the most impressive thing I saw from Missouri this year, as much as Eli Drinkowitz, a great head coach on the offensive side, the top 25 EPA per play defense. But they lost their defensive coordinator, UNLV. They, they lost some defensive starters, some backups, some depth pieces on that defense have opted out. And despite that, the line still moved in their favor. So I think that kind of tells you where Wake is at right now schematically. And Sam Hartman's been very turnover prone this year. They faced a very soft schedule. I mean, compared to who Missouri has faced and almost beaten Georgia, I mean, Wake has played just a bunch of patsies. So I, I think that's where I'm at with this game. If Missouri's up defensively, I, I think that's going to be the side that I would look to target there. Turnovers are ugly enough, but turnovers coupled with the slow mesh. Yeah, you know, just, yeah look worse. out. It's worse there. Ugly. Uh, 
You mentioned, Rich, struggling with ball security. Someone who doesn't struggle with ball security. Never Or has. update security. No. Ever. That would be our man, Isaac Lowenkron. Ilo, what's going on? Fellas, what's trending? The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. That's right. It is taking social media by storm because Cincinnati and Louisville are scoreless with 245 left and counting in the first quarter at Fenway Park. But the action on the field doesn't seem to be why the Wasabi Fenway Bowl is trending. This from Jason who tweets, Babe, wake up. The keg of nails is on the line at the first ever third annual Wasabi Fenway Bowl in which one team took the coach, the other team was trying to fire, and now they're sharing a sideline in a near (laughs) empty, freezing MLB stadium, and the Wasabi is not even the sauce. David tweets, wait, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl isn't sponsored by a food dish? Max tweets, genuinely thought the Wasabi Fenway Bowl was sponsored by a Wasabi manufacturer. How disappointing. And Stucky tweets, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl is the single worst use of marketing dollars in the history of corporate America. (laughs) Everybody is just going to assume Japanese horseradish is sponsoring a football game. Japanese horseradish. I've never heard it referred to that way. (sighs) That is why. Yeah, technically it is horseradish. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I see it. I just found out about an hour ago. Uh, thanks to a cursory Google search. So, huh, I'm just curious. I I think that the Wasabi Fenway Bowl is actually been better publicity, not for the data storage company that actually sponsors the game, but actually the Wasabi that we all get with our sushi. I mean, sales might uh, skyrocket today, but not for data storage. Instead, it might be at sushi restaurants. Hey, can I have extra Wasabi? So we will be continue... Uh, we will continue to be tracking that. In the NFL, the New England Patriots have just downgraded running back Damian Harris to out for tomorrow's game at Las Vegas because of a thigh injury. Today's NFL triple header kick it off at 1 p.m. Eastern. The Minnesota Vikings hosting the Indianapolis Colts. The Vikings can clinch the NFC North Championship with a win or a tie. And finally, as we speak in the third place match at the World Cup right now, Croatia has a 2-1 lead over Morocco in the 79th minute. And now to find out Wasabi's going else in college football. Eh, that didn't really work out, did it? Nah. <laughs> Wasabi else is going on in college football. Back to you guys. Thank you, Ilo. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Prop it up. Let's go play. Player plays. Oh, I love the prop bets over here. Love them. We're going to look to the NFL. Over here, three games today. We are just a little under uh, an hour and 25 minutes until the uh, Vikings are hosting the Colts. So anything prop bet-wise, individual plays, we'll start with you, Jared Smith. You got to be all over the NFL today. What do you like the most? Oh, yeah, no, you're going to start to see a little bit of transition with how we handicap these shows and the NFL becoming more prominent over the next month. Um, I'll give a shout to my PicksWise pal, Prop Holiday, and that, that is his name on Twitter. Um, you can imagine what he handicaps on a, on a daily basis. He likes Michael Pittman's over-receptions prop today, and the numbers have been really solid. Uh, target share has gone up considerably with Matt Ryan back in the lineup, and I think that's a fair uh, game script bet to make. Minnesota in front, Indy trying to match, and you're going to see a lot of throws here if the Colts do fall behind. So I'll give you Michael Pittman over five and a half receptions today in that Colts-Vikings game. All right. 
Okay. I got three for you guys that I really like. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. Let's yeah. go. Okay. Um, so I'll buzz through these real quick. Justin Jefferson is potentially on pace to break Randy Moss's single season receiving yards record with the Minnesota Vikings. So I think they're going to try to pump him the rock. That's a good idea anyways because he's an all-pro wide receiver leading the league in, touch or in uh, receiving yards. So he's uh, – I'll take five, I'll take the over on five plus receptions on the day. Josh Allen, the BetMGM app has him at seven and a half rushes is the line. I'm taking the over there. Yeah. I think in the snow, yeah. you know, I, I think broken pass plays against a pretty decent uh, Miami uh, defense. Suffocating defense, Rich. <laughs> Suffocate. Okay, <laughs> I'll use that word. Suffocating, smothering, bleeds, sweltering keel. defense. So he'll Aqua. look to escape the, <laughs> escape the process, pocket, and he'll get some rushes there, and they'll also script some runs. And then this is an interesting one. I know that the quarterback is really involved in the run game in Baltimore, but the line is set at eight and a half carries for uh, Tyler Huntley in this game against okay. Cleveland. I, yeah. I'm taking the under there. I think they're yeah. going to try to protect his head. They're not like going to want him to run like the football it. as often. Yeah. Yeah. Sharp Hornberger today. Sharp yeah, cheddar, bud. I like that one. Really How like it. it. Unders on rushing attempts props. I mean, that's that's as sharp as it comes. You know, I'm looking at this Buffalo game, a.k.a. Dolphin game. But yeah, I'm looking I'm at the Buffalo side. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking at a Buffalo prop, that is why I thought of the Buffalo game. Uh, Gabe Davis, wide receiver. His total receiving yardage today, 38 and a half. They are begging you to they're just daring you like you know like it's just screaming like take the under just you know like, like they want you like take the under in this one right they're daring you to not take the under and I think that's probably the right side here because you think 39 he might get that in one reception this is Gabe Davis you know it just stinks to the high heavens could have some weather here uh, I could see Josh Allen just running a lot or targeting Stephon Diggs. I'm going to take the under 38 and a half with Gabe Davis' his receiving total. I, like I know it. it sounds gross. Do you guys like that one? I do. I, I think I think anything Dolphins-Bills related today is a weather handicap in some capacity. Yeah. Like, it, it's just you need to know wh where things stand pregame. You need it, You got to keep your Doppler radar app very handy. For this one and it's the late game too so you might have even more time to, to sit and stew on it and the numbers might move considerably as the forecast solidifies yeah it just when vegas seems to be doing you a favor they're typically not no if it's like have you been in one of these casinos yards? do you yeah, ever this is feel a like early you have an christmas edge? present over here 39 they're not doing you any favors <laughs> you'll learn very fast they are not <laughs> um I also think here, let's see what's going on today. Keep your eye. Keep your eye on David Njoku, the Browns' oh, uh, yeah. tight end. Yeah. Against the Ravens, he's got to get to 40 receiving yards. I think he's going to do that today. I would take the over on Njoku. He's going to be targeted quite a bit. And look, with Amari Cooper dinged up, Deshaun Watson's got to go somewhere with the football. And that's a nice little safety blanket to have is in Joku, so I, I would keep your eye on that. Got to get to 40. I think he does today. Donovan Peoples-Jones, another one that our, our pal Prop Holiday put out in, in his Pixwise column today. Over receptions, over longest re 
reception, three and a half and twenty one and a half. And and again, I, I think that Cleveland Baltimore game, I bet the over in that game. So I think that Cleveland Baltimore game is gonna have a lot more movement down to down than what the number's indicating. I mean, that number's telling you it's gonna be a, a slugfest. But I, I think both quarterbacks, especially Watson, at home, his first home start, marginally better in his second start. I think we see a marginal increase in his production and efficiency in this game. And I, I would bet those two props that I gave out in the parlay, Dobbins over rush yards and, and then uh, you know Waddle, of course, the under receiving yards, which is baked into the weather handicap of that game as well. Trent Sherfield's another one to the under, if you could find that number at around 25, is, is something uh, I would consider there too. Basically, any receiving props for Dolphins players today. Sorry, Brian. But if Tua's if Tua struggles in this weather, I mean it's 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 gonna trend under. He was made for the snow. <laughs> he was right. Hawaii to Alabama <laughs> to Miami. I mean it, he basically is in an igloo his whole life. Yeah, the guy I mean, he's just been hardened by hard weather yeah. throughout the course of his life. How about the difference in weather between these two games? It was like the gates of hell for the first game. Now oh, it's yeah. like Hades, you know, the river of sticks with snow coming down. It's bizarre. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I liken this to a Brett Favre type situation here. You know, Brett Favre from Mississippi goes to Green Bay and is just outstanding in the cold weather. I see he got the blasted torch in the being cold game passed, last year. Passed. He's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be passed over to two over there. Is what I'm. What I'm saying over here. We'll see how it works out. All right, coming up next. We got to get to our picks. We have all this information. We got to whittle it down, make some selections over here. Prop bets are are live for the taking over here. Uh, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. Just a plethora of picks on the way. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Props to the crew today, as always. Ryan Bershinger, our trusted producer. He hates when people file uh, their nails. He hates the sound, drives them crazy. Iowa Sam, our technical producer. Loves the darkness. Loves to ban the darkness. And Ilo, Mr. Isaac Lowenkron. Isaac Lowenkron. Tremendous job by all. Well Top done, of the guys. hour, up on game. LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, Plaxico Burris. Get you all set for all the ball. And we got three NFL games today. Very much looking forward to that. All the bowl games. Very excited. Okay, moment of truth. Time to make some picks. Let's do it. Rapid fire. Okay, Jared, we'll start with you, man. Three picks, whichever direction you want to go in. Where are we going today, buddy? Yeah, 3-0 and two weeks ago when we did this in, in Biloxi. 25-17 and on the air. Uh-oh, Brian. Going to have to finish strong, bud. Fresno State laying four. Jay Kaner could have opted out for the NFL. He didn't. Bulldogs rally around him today. I don't think Wazoo is going to be able to keep up with some opt-outs. A key on offense and defense. Cougars air raid is not going to be as, as, as air raidy today. Florida, Oregon State over 52 and a half. Billy Napier is going to scheme it out. I like Jack Miller. We don't really know what we're going to get, but I like him a little more than Anthony Richardson as a passer who wasn't good efficiency-wise, and I do think we're going to see a little more offense than the odds makers think over 52 and a half. Florida, Oregon State, and SMU, we haven't talked about this game, laying four. 
BYU's down to their third-string quarterback, and they've got one of the worst passing defenses in the country. Tanner Mordecai, big game for one of the best passers in the history of the Mustangs program. Stangs win, get the cover. So SMU, Fresno State, Florida, Oregon State, over my three picks today. All right. Um, my record is so poor, it looks like no matter what happens, I'm drinking mayonnaise in a coffee cup. Oh, so, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's awful, and it's coming soon. Uh, I got, in true fashion of Countdown to Kickoff, I'm going to do games that are going to be played today. So Colts yeah. at Vikings. Vikings favor three and a half. Don't trust the Colts at all. Feel like the Vikings should feel disrespected. I got the Vikings favored at home. Ravens, two and a half point dogs on the road in Cleveland. Tyler Hunting, uh, Huntley coming back from concussion. Needs to play well, but it's the Ravens defense that shines uh, against a rusty Deshaun Watson. I got the road dog Ravens. Uh, Miami at Bills. Bills favored by seven last I checked. Bills. Went down to South Beach early in the season. The weather affected them. I think the same happens to Miami. I got the Bills rolling the fins. How dare. How I'm sorry. dare, Rich I'm so, so sorry. A lot of Get one and it, two Brian. weeks for me down the stretch here. I'm 500 now. I'm 21 and 21 on the season. But we all changed that today. huh? Over no is the theme. <laughs> Give me David Njoku. Over 39 and a half. Receiving yards. The Browns tight end. I think he gets to 40 today. Give me Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback. His longest rush is at 16 and a half. It's going over. He's going to have at least a 17-yard rush today. It's going to happen. He's tremendous with his legs. And give me in this Colts-Vikings game, degenerate bet, but nothing degenerate about cashing, first quarter over nine and a half. We're going to see a little bit of offensive fireworks early on, I feel like. All right, we got time. Let's get to this. This is the best play of the day. It's a touchdown. Give it to me. What is it, Jared? Uh, I went back and forth here. We'll go Fresno. I I think Hayner's the guy. That's the man we rally around today. Fresno State lane four. Fins up, baby. 